The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was tetrarch in Galilee, and his brother Philip tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias was tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written of the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding roads shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today, December 9th, is the regular celebration of the Feast of St. Juan Diego. And although the Sunday celebration uh, outranks the feast, and therefore we, we don't celebrate uh, the feast today, it is important for us, I think, to reflect upon the lives of the saints and to see how oftentimes they show us concrete ways that we can understand things that oftentimes are a bit more abstract in the sacred scriptures. St. Juan Diego was a man who lived in present-day Mexico in the 15th and 16th centuries. He had a radical conversion that draw him to have a great love for Jesus and a desire to be able to draw close to Christ as often as he could. Every weekend on Saturday and Sunday both, he would walk to the nearby parish, a three and a half hour journey for him each way, so that he could go and hear the Holy Mass be prayed, to receive Holy Communion, and to be able to have some catechism lessons, to learn about his faith. This was his regular path, when on one particular weekend, as he was walking to the church, rather than just the normal walk, he had a vision. A lady appeared to him on the way, and began to explain to him that she desired a church to be built in that spot, and that he was to go tell the bishop. This little man from a mountain village in the middle of nowhere listened. He went to the bishop and explained what had happened, that a woman had appeared to him in the vision and told him about this desire for her to have a chapel. And the bishop sent him away with one request. I need a sign. So on his return home, Juan Diego again saw the lady and conveyed the message to the bishop. He demands a sign. And she said, okay. She requested that he would return the next day to be able to be the instrument by which the sign would be worked. And so he went home. It happened that that night, his uncle, who had been sick and who had been, he had already been taking care of for some time now, his uncle grew to be in a rather dire situation. And he knew that he needed to get the priest. Death was imminent. 
And so he went to go to the town. But rather than going on the path by which he normally walked, the path that he had seen this, this heavenly lady appear to him, he didn't want to be distracted by her. He didn't want her to mess up his plan, to take up his time. He didn't want to have to stop to speak to her, to hear about this sign that was supposed to be worked. So he went by a different route. It was a little bit longer, admittedly, but it was worth the extra weight or the extra time that he would have gained by not having to speak to the lady. And off he went. And there, much to his surprise, was the virgin, the heavenly lady, waiting for him there in the path. Much to his surprise, she spoke to him again, rather than in a, a, a tone of shame or rebuke, she simply pled with him in a loving manner and said, Am I not here, I who am your mother? Her words were an invitation to faith, to trust. Am I not your mother? Don't I care for you? Don't I desire what is good for you and for your family? Why would you hide? Why would you hide? She assured Juan Diego that his uncle would be fine. And that rather than go to the priest as he had planned, he was again to go to the bishop this day. And she told him to be able to gather up some of the flowers that nearby along the path. These presumably were the sign which he was to show the bishop. These unique flowers that should not have been there and which the bishop himself had a great love for, reminding him of his homeland. So gathering up these flowers in his tunic, he brought them to the bishop. And going in his presence, he let down his tunic. And much to his surprise, the roses were not the most important piece. Rather, it was the image that was on his tunic now. It wasn't there before, but miraculously, there was an image of the Virgin, Our Lady of Guadalupe, pressed upon his chest. This was the sign. This was the miracle. And the bishop, recognizing these two things simultaneously on the spot, had a conversion of heart and assured the man that the chapel would be built according to the woman's request. And so it was. And when Juan Diego returned home that afternoon, he found his uncle in perfectly good health. All of this is a testament to faith. The tunic, which was made of a specific fiber that should have a life of no more than about 30 or 40 years at best, under the best circumstances, has been and is still there in Mexico at the church over 400 years later. It survived fires. It survived bombs. It survived time. And is still there as a testament to the faith of this little man from a mountain village willing to trust that God was with him. In the prophet Baruch today, we hear how the Lord God is speaking to his people and speaking forward of the time where they would look out to the east and rejoice. They looked out to the east because the east was the, the, the gate by which people would come into the temple. Gathering all the nations from the east and the west, the north and the south, all of these many nations would come to the house of God to worship. And they would be filled with rejoicing because, quote, 
They are remembered by God. They are remembered by God. It's not as if God remembers them in a sort of factual manner. That, oh yeah, they exist. Oh yeah, I remember that certain attributes about them. This is not the remembering that God has for us, his people. The remembering that God has for us is active. Continually being mindful. Hearing our cries. Responding to our pleas. Recognizing our needs. And seeking to bring us good. This is how God remembers us. Actively and continuously. We hear this assurance also echoed in the words of St. Paul as he's writing to the Philippians and to us. He says, I am confident of this. That the one who began a good work in you will continue to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. The one who began a good work in you will continue to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And what is this work but our salvation? That God desires to bring us to eternal life. And it's a daily journey. Where continuously, day after day after day after day, he is mindful of us, he remembers us, he hears our cries, he knows our needs, and he comes to bring us goodness. Every single day. Every moment. Even when we try to take another path. The reality is sometimes we're more like Juan Diego than what we like to think. Sometimes we're less like Juan Diego than we would like to think. The simple fact is that in the person of Juan Diego, we see a man who, knowing one thing, knowing that he would encounter the lady, knowing that she would be there with the request for him to go in faith, to be an instrument of God's grace, and to bring a sign, he knowingly and fully intentionally chose another path. Sometimes we do the same. Sometimes we know that the Lord is speaking to us and we don't want to follow. Because we don't want to have that encounter with him. Because it may change the comfort of our life. We don't want to go because we don't know exactly what will happen after the encounter. We're afraid maybe of what God may ask of us. That he may ask more of us than we care to give at that time. Sometimes in our life we become like Adam and Eve. As we hide from the Lord by ways of different paths because of our sins. And we don't want to be found because we don't believe we're worthy to be found. Regardless of whatever reason that we may find ourselves on another path, the simple fact is that there too is our God. No matter how much we may try to avoid him, that we may want to go another way, that we may feel unworthy of him, always he is there. Continuing to work and to bring to completion the gift of our salvation. Even in the darkest of moments, God is there and he loves us and he seeks to do good for us. Even those moments where from our end it seems as if God is not listening to us, where things are the most dark, where there's almost a sense of despair, a lack of hope, even there... Believe it or not, God desires and is working for our good. And this is what the gospel encourages us in today.
that in this time of darkness, when all of these foreign powers are ruling over the Israelites, God comes. All of these names of people who are exercising their authority over the people, essentially a slavery. In this, the Lord comes and he shows, I remember you. I have not forgotten you. And I'm working for your good. God is no fool. He can never be tricked. He never forgets us. At every moment, mindful of us. He knows the number of the hairs on our head. He knows when we rise and when we rest. He knows everything even more so than we know in our own hearts. And he desires our good. The only thing that we have to do, essentially, is to respond to this. In those moments where we happen to be found by God, whether we intended it to or not, to respond and to make active the faith that lies within our hearts. Even the smallest of bits, the Lord will receive it and make it fruitful. In a sense, wherever we are, when we encounter God, whether we're on the path where he intends or not, to say yes. And to know that indeed it will be for our good. And if we allow this to happen continuously within our hearts, we'll become much like St. Juan Diego, a man of great faith. Humble though he was, little though he was in the eyes of the world, he's a saint of God. And we continue to implore his grace and look to his life as a model. And so, so this is what we ask of the Lord today. We ask that he would remember us, that he would be mindful of us, but also that we would be mindful of him and respond to him when he calls. That on the last day, when the good work has indeed come to its completion and we rejoice with all the saints and the angels in heavenly kingdom, we may be able to say with the fullness of our heart the words of our psalm today. The Lord has done great things for us. We are filled with joy.